I heard a little sound. It means we're on the air. It's 9.06 in the p.m. It's uh, Thursday. And uh, let's see if I can get my eyes to focus. It's the 10th of June. My name is Tom Kearney. The Tom Kearney Show is on WPTF Radio every night, Monday through Friday from 9 until 10 with a little bit of live and then real-time radio. And we have guests uh, who I think uh, are entertaining and enlightening and one of my favorites over the years, uh, back in the early 90s, which is a long time ago, one of my production jobs at WPTF was re- to record some garden features, little three-minute things that were dropped into uh, fast-paced programs like the ones that would be on at that time at uh, drive time uh, under a different kind of format. And one of the people that I had to record was Miss Pam Beck. And... Uh, Somewhere about uh, 10 or 12 years ago, uh, having done this radio program, I thought it's time to, to have Pam Beck be our resident gardener, and, and therefore she is. Miss Beck, are you there tonight? I'm here, Tom, and thank you for that lovely introduction. And it was a long time ago that we, we met and we recorded, and who knew that we'd still be uh, talking about gardening this many years after. Well, I'm glad we we're talking, and it seems like there that uh, gardening and 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 particularly gardens. Uh, there's a book that I have. It's a really high class, an intellectual book written by a guy named Robert Pogue Harrison, who is a professor of Italian studies at Stanford University. But it's about the historical role of the garden. You know, in ancient times, the garden was the place where people would go and friends and, and talk and have a little cheese and drink a little wine. Epicurus was particularly fond of, you know, going to his garden. And so, but the, the, the flowers have been out there, and, and it's a great tradition in our uh, ancestors who came here from Great Britain, you know, whether they're in Ireland or in Scotland or in, in uh, England or in Wales, for that matter, and so on. So they brought that tradition. And, there, of course, other places in Europe that brought tulips to us and other things. So there's a there's a lot to talk about. And Pam, you know that some of Sir Walter Raleigh's people who were among the first people of English ancestry to explore America landed on the coast and after being here a while they declared it to be the fairest land under the cope of heaven. Which meant it was sure did look nice to them and they thought anything would grow here. And it turns out that most anything will grow here and a lot of (laughs) people have set off pieces of property uh, either privately or publicly to have gardens and have gotten people who know about them to to uh, to to uh, develop them and that's what you're going to talk about tonight. John told me uh, a secret. I think he he let it slip that he knew, knows which garden you're going to talk about first. So if I were going to bet on it, I'd bet on uh, what I won't say. <laughs> well, I thought it would be appropriate to talk about the fact that a lot of these wonderful public gardens are finally reopening. We have had so many gardens in lockdown after COVID restrictions. Uh, Many of the universities especially were hesitant to have uh, congregating crowds. And so to limit that, some of the gardens closed totally and some were on a, a phase one perhaps for only students to pass through or um, faculty or something like that to be able to use the path through the gardens, but they didn't spend a lot of time in there. So for uh, those of us who enjoy visiting gardens, because it's something that is, is 
near and dear to our hearts, as you said, people brought these this love of gardening with them from other places. Uh, that it, it's a thrill to know that now we can start going to these gardens again, and they have been lovingly cared for during this lockdown time, and they are ready to start receiving people again. And the biggest announcement, I think, for the Triangle is that starting June 1st, the Sarah P. Duke Gardens will reopen to the public, or did reopen to the public, with limited capacity. But uh, still, it's, it's a big deal now that we can go in because that fantastic 55 acres of pristine, beautifully cared for gardens, that that uh, property is open, free to the public. Now, th you can't say that about just about anywhere else in the U.S. If you go to the big gardens of Longwood or you go to um, uh, Wintertour or you go to the Duke, uh, the um, Brooklyn Botanical Gardens or something like that, you're going to pay to go in and, and visit this garden. But Duke ranks right up there with the, the best of them, and it is free to the public, and it's a, a real treat. So this is one that was built in honor of Sarah Duke, who was the wife of Benjamin N. Duke, uh, one of the university founders. And this garden is not to be missed. If you're going to go, though, um, the parking is limited, and that's purposeful right now. They're not letting buses or limousines in, and there's a limitation because they're trying to keep the numbers down. Because in a normal year, more than 600,000 visitors go to Duke Garden. Wow, I that's wouldn't have guessed that. It's a lot of people. Six. Hundred thousand. That's on average. That that doesn't you know that that's including all these conventions of gardeners who come through. It includes um, all the the passionate uh, amateurs and professionals and photographers. If you want, if you are a camera buff, this is a place for you. If you are a bird fancier and you like to see unusual birds. The forest and all around the Duke Gardens really encourage a lot of the beautiful native birds, but there are also exotic ducks that are on the property so that you can go and visit those too. There's something for everyone, and it's a, it's a really, really beautiful place. Um, they are still asking people to uh, maintain a six-foot or greater social distance from other people and groups. Uh, they do not require face masks if you're outdoors, but if you go indoors, to perhaps um, use the restroom facilities, or um, they're use you know get some water or something like that. They ask that you do um, take a mask with you and, and use it in places like that. But this is a real treat to know that these gardens are, are open again, and with the weather being cooler after this this hot week we've had, next week I think would be ideal for people who want to go and visit it. Sounds like you you planned one day next week at least for for me. Uh, I don't know whether I'll make it, but I remember when Mrs. Kearney and I were going out. Uh, that was a it was a good date. It was a cheat day too. So, uh, uh, but yeah. she likes flowers, and so it was a good date. So we, we went. It's to a the great day. date, and there are. Um, it's very accessible too now for those of our listeners who um, have limited mobility 
or have babies in strollers or something like that, um, that's a good place to go. They are not allowing bicycles through there right now, but usually there's some biking paths that are quite active. The other thing is, is if you have a dog, want to walk your dog through that garden, be respectful and do clean up. Um, but if you want a dog, their dog walking is welcome there before 8 a.m. or after 5 p.m., and they must remain on leash. Now, the gardens are open from 8 o'clock in the morning until dusk. So this time of year, you've got 12-hour window there. It's, it's just wonderful to be able to go to this world-class garden and, and visit all these different collections that they have and, um, and for free. It's really, really special. You know, uh, something that I want to add as a footnote to that uh, is uh, when I was uh, being rehabilitated last year, one of my therapists uh, was a young lady who was really smart, but she I mentioned something about you, you, you should go see Duke. She had, did not grow up in this area. And, and I said, you, you've got to go. You've got to go and see Duke. You've got to go and see Chapel Hill. And this is a good chance for, for the new people in, in this part of the world to go and visit and get two, two for the price of one, to visit a really unusual campus and get to see uh, some really great gardens. How do you feel about that? Is that okay? I absolutely agree. There's nothing better than playing tourist in your own backyard. And for those of you who are new transplants, to, to be able to find somewhere where you can bring your company who's coming into the area to, to have a, a good day, it would be to try to do Duke for half the day and then the North Carolina Botanical Garden right there in Chapel Hill uh, close by for the second half of the day. And there are plenty of places to eat in between uh, Durham and Chapel Hill. And I know that these two uh, schools are rivals, but the gardens are very, very different. The North Carolina Botanical Garden in Chapel Hill is a collection of plants that are indigenous to this state from the coast to the mountains. And because uh, North Carolina is home to such rich flora, things that are found nowhere else in the world, um, this is an amazing garden where we were talking about Duke being 55 acres, and that sounds like a lot to take care of. The North Carolina Botanical Gardens are 1,100 acres of garden and conservation areas. Now, not all of that is what you're going to see or be able to walk through or enjoy, but again, handicap accessibility. The, um, the welcome buildings are all LEED certified. This is a a wonderful area of display gardens, as I said, from the coast to the mountains with different plants. Everything's labeled very well so that you'd be able, if you fall in love with something and you think, I'd really like to grow that, the names are there so you can jot those down. And um, great gift shop, by the way, um, operated by a friend of mine, and I wanted to put a plug in for that. These gardens are open Again, this is a daily thing, so um, you would uh, need to remember it's from 9 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. They closed on Mondays to the public. But Sunday is just 1 to 5 um, because they've got some events that go on Sunday morning in the park. But Tuesday through Saturday, 9 to 5, again, free. And if you want to make donations to these gardens, by the way, they're very happy to take them. <laughs> and they, they 
buy on uh, membership and, and, and all, too. But um, the neat thing about the North Carolina Botanical Garden in Chapel Hill is this year they're doing Twilight Thursdays, which means that Thursday evenings from 5 to 8, you can go into the garden. And I think that's, that's really special because most of the crowds are gone, most of the students are gone by that time. And in the late, you know, in the evening, and what I refer to as the gloaming or the golden hours in the garden, that's when you really see and hear the birds, the frogs start chirping, and um, you hear crickets, and the butterflies and the bees would be working over the flowers still this late. So it would be a great place to go and visit. For those of you who are interested in native plants, this is the go-to garden for for people who live in the southeast or, or North Carolina specifically. Miss Pam, as we move toward taking a break here, and you can come back to this if you want to, relative to, if you can find Duke, you can find the Duke Garden. There's no problem there. There'll be signs. Yes. But um, relative to the UNC campus, where are the, is the arboretum that you're talking about? Is it, it is straight down the hill from the Dean Dome. So if you're a basketball player or the hospitals, that might help you too. It's right on 15501 on the bypass, and, and, that's, and you'll see lots of signs for it too. Right, and 15501 is a bypass around Chapel Hill, and, but right. it cuts across 40, so if you're on 40, you can, you can get to it. And, and I think there probably are signs out there and everything. I, I yeah, always like to make stuff. sure people have good directions. Pam Beck yeah. is who you're listening to. She's our gardening correspondent. She is... In fact, a gardening writer, a journalist, and a student of plants, uh, gardens, tomatoes, zucchini, uh, whatever. Uh, she has a website called Pam Beck Gardens with an S. Is that right, Pam? That's correct. And if you go to it, it's pambeckgardens.com. And if you go to it, you can find out all about her, and I recommend that to you. We will not... We will not devote much time to that tonight because you will enjoy hearing her talk about the public gardens in North Carolina, many of which are reopening now that you can go and visit. But on top of that right now, we need to take a break, and we'll be back with Pam Beck right after this. Hi, at WPTF. Pam Beck is our guest tonight. She is at Pam Beck Gardens, and we're talking about gardens in North Carolina where you can go and visit and see beautiful uh, flowers, displays, etc. Pam, we went a little long on the first first segment, so we have a shorter segment here of about five minutes. But where do we go from the Arboretum at Chapel Hill? Oh, five minutes. Oh, goodness gracious. Um, only if we can come back to it, I do want to mention Oh, yes. No, we, 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 yeah. We, <laughs> we can double back. You're in charge. All right. Well, we're talking about the University Gardens. We've already mentioned Duke, and we've mentioned uh, University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, Carolina. But we've got to mention NC State. And one of the gardens that's near and dear to my heart is the garden that I had the privilege of serving on the board for. And so I must give a shout-out to the J.C. Ralston Arboretum. This is another university garden that is free to the public. Uh, it is now open. It was not open for over a year, and uh, it is now again open Monday through Friday from 9 in the morning till 4.30. There's unlimited hours right now because it used to be 8 to 8, but it's 9 a.m. to 4.30. And Saturday and Sunday, 
just from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., and that excludes holidays. But the reason for this limited uh, hours, again, is because of the um, COVID restrictions and that this university is associated with State of North Carolina guidelines. And as the guidelines are updated, changes may occur, either, you know, um, more opening or better extended hours, or if we have a, a renewal of, of COVID, it might be restricted. I would encourage anybody who wants to go to a public garden to always check with their website first to make certain that the garden is open when they want to go and visit. It would be the best thing to do. Well, we've got to give directions for that, and it's always interesting. If you're on Hillsborough Street going west towards the fairgrounds um, at the corner of Hillsborough and Barrel, you cross over the railroad. Now, how do you know when you're at Barrel? How, how do you know? Uh, well, this is the way. Is Meredith will be on one side of Hillsborough Street, and there's a Waffle House on the, waffle the other house. side. That's right. <laughs> that's, that that's traffic cute. light. It, yeah, that traffic light is your light to Barrel Road off of Hillsborough Street. But if you're on Blue Ridge, there's um, also a traffic light that you can get into after you go over the railroad tracks on Blue Ridge, too. And it's, so, it's very near the, the Method community, uh, where, where it is. Yes, yes, very close to Method Road, um, coming yeah. through and, and off of Barrel right there. Right. I just wanted to make sure because it, 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 I always get a kick out of it. Well, you go to the Waffle House and turn left. This is That's the right. original direction <laughs> that I got. But in any event, it it, it is, uh, and Mrs. Kearney and I were in that area the other day, and I said, we, we've got to get you out here one day. So I'm going to drive out there one day and and open the door and say, get out and go look. No, I'm just kidding. Well, it's a place. fantastic garden because it's only eight acres. And it's, a well, originally it was only eight acres. They've done a little bit of extending off the back side of it now. Um, they're trying to expand it a bit. Uh, the garden has gone through some wonderful uh, renewal. It has uh, lots of accessibility now. The paths are wide and they're they're easy to navigate. Uh, at one time, it it was not as uh, as uh, user friendly as it is now. It we is have to stop right here, Pam, because garden. that little bit of time I, we had left before the half hour, we've used it gone. up. <laughs> Pam Beg of PamBeggGardens.com is our guest tonight. We're talking about public gardens in North Carolina that are reopening now where you can go and get uh, a look at some good plants and flowers. We'll be back after we check the news. Every night, Monday through Friday from 9 to 10, with a little bit of live in real-time radio and uh, Miss Pam Beck of Pam Beck Gardens. She is a journalist and uh, Public speaker, she'll come and talk to your garden club, probably. If, if she, she she will not, she will tell you as soon as I get through with this unsolicited announcement. And we're talking about public and gardens, and even private gardens that are open to the public in North Carolina that have reopened. And it's uh, the time of year that you can you can spend a weekend, or if you're retired or have the day off, a uh, day of the week. Uh, in fact, that might be a good day because there wouldn't be as many people there to... Uh, to go some beautiful, see some beautiful flowers and other things. Pam, where are we going to go now? Well, we can always double oh, back well, now. You're not committed to it when I say go. You don't have you. to go. I, yeah, I felt like I gave um, the Ralston, I didn't get to really sing its praises 
visitors wow you garden. They're the ones with just amazing displays, lots of educational things, but just the best that money can buy is, is what you will see at Duke. At the North Carolina Botanical Garden in Chapel Hill, you're going to learn everything about the native plants of this wonderful state and um, all about environmentally friendly uh, practices, sustainable practices. There's, there's that aspect. J.C. Ralston, in its association with NC State, has a, a very different, I think, uh, message. Yes, it's still about sustainability, but the main emphasis of the Ralston Arboretum, even when it was the, just the NC State Arboretum before he passed and it was renamed, is to introduce and trial new plants. These are, these are plants that are found or cultivated or discovered around the world, and they are brought here and tested to see if they have merit enough to become our landscape plants that go back out into the trade. So a lot of the research that's done on these plants is for things that are going to be something that you can grow in your garden very soon. So again, the plants are beautifully labeled. And the, late, the name Arboretum is a little misleading because it makes you think immediately of a collection of trees. It's so much more than that. Yeah, there's lots of woody plants there. But they have trial beds for annuals, and they have uh, food gardens, and they have um, areas where just all different types of ornamental grasses are there, and they've got a fantastic rose garden, and they've got gardens that are more um, cacti and succulents than anything else. And then a Southeast Asian feel. There's so much to see and learn. And if you are a real plant nerd, and I confess that I am, <laughs> you can go there and see things that you will never see anywhere else and that you may never have seen before. And you can look them up and learn about these wonderful plants. And the Ralston does do guided tours, usually on Sunday afternoons. So um, do check with them ahead of time and see if you can if you can hook up with one of those groups. And um, there's uh, times during the week where the director, Mark Weatherington, will uh, take a group out and talk about a specific topic, like perhaps the variegated plants or the plants that are related to say gardenias or something like that at a particular day. They'll do a, a garden story walk, and that's really a good good place to go and learn. Well, Pam, I'll pick you up about nine, okay? <laughs> well, if I weren't going to another garden tomorrow morning, I'd take you up on that. <laughs> well, yeah, I knew I was safe. I, yeah. I knew you already had a date tomorrow morning, but anyway. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, um, you know, it's it's funny how um, how after not having been in gardens for so long, it we're all just just itching to get back out there and visit them again. And I really want to talk about a garden that's kind of close to where you live, and I know it's your private treasure, and you like to keep it pristine and. And as a as a secret garden um, that you enjoy, but may we talk about the Raleigh Rose Garden? Yes, just no no more allusions to where I live, and you you're on, you, you 
Rose Garden is a fantastic collection of really interesting plants. Again, not just roses. It's a it's a beautifully landscaped uh, garden that's down in a bowl behind the Raleigh Little Theater off of Pope Street, which comes off of Hillsborough Street. It's not far from the J.C. Ralston. So again, if you were making a day where you wanted to visit something, I'd say go to the Ralston Arboretum, then stop somewhere nearby on Hillsborough Street or, or around there for lunch, and um, maybe try to include the, the Raleigh Rose Garden in that uh, day's tour. And then, oh my goodness, uh, from there, that, that wonderful smaller garden, you could go to the North Carolina Museum of Art and walk the extensive walkways of the, the pathways that they've got there with all the outdoor art, and there's some, some amazing gardens there. Meredith College has begun an arboretum on their grounds around the, the college itself. Uh, it's going to be much like Swarthmore, where the grounds are going to be uh, a collection of just some of the wonderful plants that will grow in this area. If you wanted to see other gardens in Raleigh, we've got so many, it's, it's hard to stop. Uh, I would encourage you to look at the, um, the little pocket gardens that are between the Museum of History and the, and the Natural History Museum. Um, both of those little areas along the way oftentimes will feature crops that are grown in North Carolina or native plants that are uh, indigenous to North Carolina. There uh, is also the Mordecai Park, which is near and dear to my heart. And Tom, stop me because I know we probably need to take a break when we need to, but I will tell people Mordecai is an old garden. It is uh, behind an old um, historic home, and this was a home uh, of a family that was related to Joe Lane, and the garden around the Joe Lane house is, is very special, too. But the Mordecai, um, there were a group of volunteers who used to go and keep that garden full of the plants that people would have been growing in the middle to late 1800s. And that garden, at, when it was really at its peak, um, that was when I had the privilege of going there and, and volunteering and, and learning so much about the history of plants and uh, their medicinal uses or their culinary uses. And, and I had that awakening of this, this fascination with history and gardens and plants all kind of rolling up together. So Mordecai Garden is very near and dear to me, too. But there's Oakview, which is off of um, Pool Road. That's another historic property. It's an old farm that used to be a cotton gin location. And that garden has a, an herb garden behind the big house. And that herb garden was maintained at one time by the Herb Society of Wake County. So I do not know. I can't tell you for sure whether or not that is still the case, but it is a nice garden, again, to go visit, take photos, take family, and go see that. Um, so much to see Pam, we, we, as we move, you were right, we, we should take a break. As we move toward a break, 
let me throw a couple of notes in. One, when you are visiting the Mordecai Garden, visit the Mordecai House if it is open. It is, as you say, a very old house, and the Mordecai family were uh, prominent in the early days, good friends of Joel Lane and, and Duncan Cameron and people like that. And I believe on the grounds there is where you can find the, it was not situated there always, but the, the uh, where they have moved the home of Andrew Johnson. That's correct. It's right and, behind the garden fence. Uh-huh. Right, and uh, but it's just uh, and it's a uh, it's uh, also <laughs> the reason I really wanted to tell about this is another place that's located near the Krispy Kreme. Okay. No, uh, somebody asked me one day well, how to find the governor's mansion in, in Raleigh, and I said it's near. And and when you're, but actually there, what you can do, you're in uh, an older part of Raleigh, which is Vic, the Victorian age of Raleigh, and a lot of the homes have been preserved and 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 returned to their former glory in that part of the world. So you, I don't know if there are any gardens located in those, but uh, but but you're very near the Mordecai House when you're when you're there. And it's on it's on Wake Forest Road, I believe, is where the Mordecai property right. is. Mm-hmm. And uh, but uh, that that's a, a an older part of Raleigh. And I'm glad you mentioned the uh, Joel Lane House, which is best located in Boylan Heights, just off of uh, St. Mary Street. And I'm, I'm sure that they would would love for folks to come by and see Joel Lane with the man who sold the property to the state of North Carolina to build the Capitol on and. Uh, so, so there, you, when you when you're at his, where they've located his house now, which is not exactly the original place, but you look down on a very good view of, of Raleigh when you when you do that. Pam Beck is telling us about the green stuff and the red and blue and whatever the plants that uh, you can find in the capital city, and she's she's located some uh, at different places. And we're going to take a break here, and then we'll come back and have the final segment of our program. As a signal to my 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 guest tonight, to Miss Pam Beck of Pam Beck Gardens, and uh, our resident gardener, and she's a gardening journalist and writes columns for newspapers and magazines, and does public talks and tries to educate folks at how to grow better gardens and educate our audience tonight on some good places to go visit. Uh, may come home with a desire to plant some of those like that or some of some of those like that. Pam, we've got about seven minutes left tonight, so I'll Oh, it's just not enough. You. We haven't even left Lake County. Uh. Well, if, if the good Lord's willing and we survive, we will get you to come back in a little while. Well, I hope so. I hope so. Well, I do want to mention, um, again, Wake County, for those of you who are uh, really into gardens, there's the Dorothy Dix property, there are occasionally events that are up there, like when the daffodils bloom, and several years ago we had uh, sunflowers planted. I'm hoping that they're doing that again this year so that you can go onto the properties and, and see that land. There are lots of public parks. Blue Jay Point is one that comes to mind right away. It's a Falls Lake uh, Park, and that's, of course, near and dear me because I, I live up on Falls Lake. So uh, the B.W. Wells property is, is full of native plants. That's a good place to hike with your family and look at plants and gardens. There are some of the best private gardens in this area, too. If you see that a small town or a neighborhood is having a garden tour, please make an effort. 
effort to go and and visit these gardens. You were asking Tom about the, for instance, Oak View, which is the historic property that's that's over near near Peace College and very close to between where the governor's mansion is and the Mordecai Gardens. Oak View historic uh, neighborhood has some fabulous private gardens. So I like to walk up and down just those lovely shaded streets and peek over the fence into people's yards to see what they're growing. But there's also the, um, for those of you who are gardeners, believe it or not, cemeteries, especially historic cemeteries, are a fantastic place to go and, and look and pay attention to what people used to plant uh, in memory of or in honor of someone. And um, there are oftentimes great collections for old roses and old boxwood and unusual old trees you'll find in, in for instance, the Oakview um, Park if you, go, if you go there and look at the cemetery and wander through there. Um, gosh, there's so much here still. Uh, but I'm going to, because we're limited for time, for those of you who want to go out of town, just because you want to take a day trip somewhere, Greensboro, and Winston-Salem host so many gardens. Uh, Greensboro has a number of, there's a Greensboro Arboretum. There's some gardens that are maintained by the Master Gardeners. There's a Fog Garden and another great walking garden. These are all gardens that are open and free and uh, able to go and, as if you're a member of the public. Um, and if you go a little further to Winston-Salem, then you get to Old Salem Gardens. The, the Fabra Gardens, which is uh, just uh, just outside of Winston-Salem, and Renolda. What a great garden that is. And um, there is a new, fairly new director there. He's been there a couple of years now, John Rothling, who used to be associated with the NC uh, State Arboretum uh, way back when. And then he was at the high point uh, Botanical Gardens at around High Point University, and now he is over Renolda, and that's a fantastic garden. It's owned by Wake Forest University, and it's four acres uh, within the present 129-acre Renolda estate grounds. So there's there's gardens to see, and the the grounds, and as you said, the house. I would really encourage people to go and visit visit the home and see the artwork that's there too. That's the uh, Pam, as I like to say, because I lived in Winston for five years. There's this this district, and then there's the high rent district, and then there's the Reynolds house. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It, it is. It is astonishing, and um, I I like it because when you walk in, you you could imagine yourself visiting that family. It's um it's it's a very comfortable house. It's oh, not when you when you're out in that area, the summit area of Winston Salem, it's like there are two places in Winston Salem where you get the distinct feeling that you're somewhere else, you know. Not and that's one of them, and the other is Old Salem itself. It, you have the definite feeling there that you're somewhere else. It's otherworldly, truly. Otherworldly, right? Yeah, it really is. Uh, and it, and one is a is a jump back in time, and the other is just visiting. Uh, people who were wealthy enough to um, create incredible beauty and uh, maintain it. So it was, yes, it was 
really a great place to visit. And how close are we to being out of time, Donald? You've got two, uh, two more minutes. Two more minutes. Oh, where can I go? All right, let me, let me sing the praises of one more garden. In between Greensboro and uh, Winston-Salem is the little town of Kernersville. Now, you'd think this quiet, sleepy little town wouldn't have much in the way of gardening, but oh, but no. There is the Paul J. Senior Botanical Garden on the main drag of Kernersville, and this garden is maintained um, the, the uh, director of planting, the horticulturalist for this garden, is the wife. This is Adrian Rothling. She's the wife of John Rothling, who's over at Renolda. She is his wife. She's had this position for a long time. She is making an incredible garden. It is one that people purposefully come off the expressway, off of I-40 if they're going to the mountains or coming um, east to visit this garden. It is that important. It was designed by, uh, well, Chip Calloway, for instance, helped with that, and he's a very famous North Carolina landscape architect. Todd Lasang was involved in that garden as well. It's a small garden, but it's creative because of Adrian's love of, and knowledge of plants. She has combined plants together that will take your breath away. They have espaliered uh, ginkgos, for instance, when you first walk in. There are big agaves that are oftentimes in bloom. In the little pockets in the parking lot, they have little succulent plants planted in. There are sweeps of bulbs. There um, is a collection of Japanese you've, maples. You've got to really stop, Pam. Hungry. You've got oh, to stop. You were all up and <laughs> t- gas in our tanks now. We're going to Winston-Salem, which is, okay. by the way, one of the classiest places in North Carolina. Her name oh, is really Pam good. Beck. It's Pam Beck Gardens. It has an S on it, dot com. You can find out all about her, and I want to thank her for being with us tonight. And uh, we're going to have the trivia tomorrow night, and uh, we'll invite you to stay tuned for the news on WPTF.